International. I don't have a favorite movie. Most of the time, I'm pining to see something I've never seen before or to simply be entertained. I saw Pulp Fiction in the theater and it blew my 15-year-old mind. I consider it the godfather of every snarky movie with quirky pop culture dialogue that's been released since then. Raising Arizona was my first Coen Brothers movie and I never wavered in my love for those guys. I admire the way Sofia Coppola develops characters. Richard Linklater tells a story. And pretty much anything stylish or cool or visually interesting without compromising the narrative, like Sin City or Scott Pilgrim or a large number of movies that present a different take on an old cliché. I hear a lot about how TV has stolen the thunder of movies. In some ways, I believe it. Now that TV has the budget and balls to make things compelling, movies need to find ways to convince us they're not wasting our time. It's why I think comic book movies are two and a half hours long with a lot of CGI'd flying and exploding buildings and aliens shooting bees out of their fingers or something. I like those comic book movies because they're a ton of fun, but I don't think in 20 years I'll be touting the cultural significance of Iron Man like I can with the usual suspects today. It's impossible not to sound like a geezer when I talk about this, but I suppose I miss the days where movies were mostly acknowledged for their craft instead of marketed like amusement park rides. My name is Ryan. I was a teen in the 90s. I am not a millennial. All of my guests are... If it doesn't fit, you must acquit. Oh, righty then. This is the good life. Just relax and let my mind drift. Having Y2K compliant. Slim Jim. Eat my shorts. What's the deal with Aquaman? Could he go on the land or was he just restricted to wood? No stairway. Denied. This is Ryan with the Millennials. All right. Hello. Welcome to the show. Shalom and assalamu alaikum and aloha. Happy bar mitzvah what? to all you motherfuckers. Bam. We are here. In the spot. In the spot. My guest today, the very, very funny and very, very interesting and very, very millennial, Kent. What? How you no, doing, Kent? Yes, I'm doing well, man. I feel good. Happy to be here. Yeah, happy to have you here. Very I, excited for this episode. Good job on the introduction there. That was really nice. Thanks, man. I mean, I'm a writer by trade. This podcast thing is just something to put food on the table. Word. Well, yeah, I appreciate <laughs> Yeah, it, it let me know a lot about where you're coming from, so well, that's cool. Well, that's, you know, <laughs> that's what we're driving at here. We're going to, you know, I'm starting from point A. You're starting from point A dash one. Uh-huh. We're gonna try to get to point B together. Steak sauce, baby. Some <laughs> that's right. Uh, Kent, how old are you? I'm 23 years old. You were born in 93. Oh shit! When you saw Pulp Fiction, I think as a year before. <laughs> that's a year right. Before, yeah, what did I see in 93 though? I think that was Dazed and Confused. It was one of my favorite movies by wow. by Linklater. Are you a fan? Yeah, shout out to Linklater, man. Good, good, <laughs> good on Linklater for everything that he's done for Austin Cinema and beyond. That's also, right. World Cinema. And way to go on him for showing that just a young, regular, you know, run-of-the-mill dude from Texas can't, well, not that Eagle Pinnell didn't show this already, but can get his films accepted in Europe, you know? So good for him. That's man. right. Europeans love Linklater, and so do I. They do. Well, he 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 shot some some movies out there before Sunrise was out there, right? Yeah, uh, or maybe I don't know about. Before, I don't know. I don't think 
Oh yeah, before Sunrise was out there on the train and all that. That's was right. That out there, man. That was the first one, yeah. correct? And yeah. then before Sunset, right? Was also out there. I think. I think so. They're hey, beautiful films. Um, you know, every, you never know where you can get with that guy, but it, definitely interesting stuff. So good, good for him, and way to keep keep doing your thing. You know, that's right. Shout out to Linklater, uh, and you, my friend, also have a a, a short film out there. Oh yeah, uh, it's called Last Night, mm-hmm. and uh, and 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 it, it's on YouTube. It's been there for a little while. I watched it. Uh, it came to my attention. I think from a simple Facebook post by a mutual friend. Nice. And uh, I got to say, man, I I was honestly blown away by it. I really nice. really enjoyed it. I'm not trying to blow smoke up your tuchus here, but uh, it was it was. I, I'm going to tell you what I liked about it, and then okay. we can talk about it a little bit because. Uh, it is being screened at the Austin Film Society Cinema, correct? Yes, yes. On August 23rd, it is. Yeah, that's pretty major. That may make a, you feel happy, right? For an experimental showcase. So that's cool. Definitely cool. Well, it's an interesting adjective that uh, you use there, experimental. Uh, because I think when something is presented the way that your film was, it can be considered experimental. But when I was watching it, I just saw something that was unique and new and interesting and I like I said I I highly recommend it to anyone out there. There was a way that you that you told a story here. Oh, thanks. Uh, that I had never seen before. Which you know I'm I'm getting up there in age. I guess relatively speaking, I'm 37. So uh, yeah, I know it's it's you know it's just something that in the back of my mind. It's <laughs> it's one of those things where I've seen so I've seen so much uh-huh. that when something comes along that I haven't seen. I tend to warm to it immediately. Damn. Well, that's wild. Thanks, dude. And also, that's probably explains this podcast too. That's great to hear from somebody who's your age, because you know, to really be embracing it, running to new stuff still. Absolutely, yeah. Not that you're like super old at all. I think anybody, no matter how old you are, should always be pursuing new things and being a lifetime learner. So uh, open minds, you know. Yeah, but thank you for saying that, man. I don't know if you have anything else you want to say. Well, I mean, we're just gonna, you know, we could, we could, we could, uh, you know, talk about it a little bit. Um, you know, I, like I said, it was very unique and interesting in the way you told the story. Uh, I'm just kind of curious how that was informed because I, I don't know that your goal was necessarily to reach people my age or to or to sort of speak to a certain audience. Um, but you clearly there's a vision here. Um, so oh, I'm wondering thanks. maybe you could sort of dis- you know uh, explain that a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I probably always whenever I was thinking about who. If, if it was a specific audience, I probably I was thinking more about like folks who were like seven or eight years old mm-hmm. around like nine eleven because mm-hmm. that to me and then because that's where I was probably yeah right around there and then that just seems like a really interesting group of folks to me like yeah. everybody because because of we we were kind of clunky and weird when like the internet was clunky and weird mm-hmm. and then like whenever we kind of came into our own like it has also it feels like maybe that's how everybody feels but like it it seems the progression is like i i feel like everybody's smart like smarter than no offense to it, but in certain ways smarter than they've ever been before and sure. i feel lost i don't feel like i'm on the front end of that at all like i, right. I, I feel uh I feel lost in the sauce sometimes in like technology stuff for real. Well, I don't mean to cut you off. Yeah, no, please. Um, 
I think, yeah, I completely understand what you're saying. I think what it is is people have more access to mm. things now. Um, you know, whereas in the past, I got AOL when I was like 15 or 16. Right. And the internet was, you know, beyond clunky then. I mean, nobody knew what to do with it. Uh, it wasn't quite the wild, wild west that it ended up becoming and maybe still is. Uh, so I think, you know, when you're making something for an audience that sort of has all that access, you know, to information, mm. you got to present them with something that not necessarily bucks that trend. Right. But will, but something that will, you know, give them the ability to circle around it with mm. curiosity. And I think, I think you achieve that. But the circle around what exactly do you think? Uh, circle around that notion of knowing that you have all that access and, uh, you know, circle around the idea that you're a part of a group that's growing with this sort of, you know, mass idea yeah, of maybe knowing everything before f- you're supposed to. And the feeling of knowing it, that you, I, I didn't think about this at all when making a thing, don't think that, but like <laughs> a lot of the stuff is incidental, you know, mm-hmm. but like, I think the feeling of all the information is here, but how exactly to get it. It, and and how you are getting it and the the f- fullness of what you're getting you know there's a certain way to like look something up and really be fulfilled with the answer but that that's always like still escaping you you know mm-hmm. maybe that feeling I, I hope it's not like a an anxious experience watching the film I worry about that sometimes at certain parts but like I think that feeling of um, really there's so much information all around it's coming at you really fast but also like you know what's really you're not really able to live in one moment too much because you're always looking you know you're always looking something up or there's always another thing buzzing or or dinging or or whatever you know and that's interesting like literally one of the notes i i've written down here aside from the fact that you know your film is sort of it's youth on parade i mean it's young adults (laughs) that are around your age 23 nice yeah (laughs) um but you know one thing i noticed was that your your the characters are not necessarily aimless but they don't really know what's in front of them. You know, it, it kind of feels like they are struggling to find something. And, and you know, what you use to sort of uh, symbolize that is that they're they're tracking down a, a comedy show. Right. Yeah. Um, but but it's more than that. You know, there's a lot of uncertainty surrounding some of these characters. I would say um, so. yeah. And then <laughs> with other characters, there's a lot of confidence, but m- not necessarily misplaced, but just sort of mm-hmm. uh, ahead of its time, you know, in their lives. Am I off? Yeah, maybe so. I mean, for sure, that's stuff that would definitely come in that I'm not like talk. I, I would never like talk to, you know, somebody really and say that to like Martin mm-hmm. or, or Kelsey or Elizabeth. Like talk to them and say, you know, your your character has all this comp. You know, I wouldn't talk about it like that. Sure, but it's great that that it comes off that way. And like I, I try particularly with character dynamics and and casting folks or having people who seem like individuals and seem like they have a will to live or like something that they're going after. I I would, I just find people that I feel like I really see that in or I think, wow, what do you, you know, this is really a unique person who, who seems interesting to me. You know, they walk into a room. It's like, that's a person that I'd be watching. Absolutely. I think with Joe, particularly like Joe to me is, uh, He's like funny to me the second I see him, just the way he behaves and and especially on, particularly on stage, but also just you know he's just like a very interesting fellow. The mannerisms, the the attitudes. Yeah, Elizabeth, all those. I hope that I could stand stand up with them because I you know I act in the thing as well. But uh, 
Yeah, it's a yeah, good mix. Great. You definitely, I think you achieved a sort of, you know, I don't want to compare it to the Breakfast Club, but it's it's mm. sort of like this, you know, group of young adults who mm. each sort of bring something different to the table. And like I said, I, I find it very interesting, unique and compelling. Um, and, and, you know, the script is just one aspect. I think, you know, we can't ignore the technique that you used when editing oh, and yeah, shooting. Yeah. I mean, it's got a very sort of lo-fi mm-hmm. kind of almost, almost, it reminded me a lot of these underground videos right. that my friends in high school would somehow get their hands on. Uh, why um, tell me about them? What were they of? Oh, like art projects. Um, oh. Some of them were, were, were gross, you know, like the Bud Dwyer video, and oh. others were just artists. Yeah, don't you look know. it up. I don't know. Don't look it up. You don't have to be cool to know. Yeah, no, don't, please don't look it up. <laughs> don't I, look it up, yeah, man. Don't thing, look it up. You don't have to be cool to know. That thing has traumatized <laughs> me to this day. But, yeah. um, you know, things along those lines, these very sort of, you know, video throughout the 80s and 90s was just yeah, sort of I this saw medium. The, you know the Winnebago man? Yeah. You familiar with that? Yeah, mm-hmm. that's, that's wild to me, the idea of people passing around a VHS, like copies of a VHS. Yeah. That's sick. That's the kind of thing that I'm never going to be able to really experience, you know? so Well, you have your own way of doing it. Yeah, maybe so, yeah. Well, that's, there are, there this project, because we, we did shoot on, as simply as I could say, we shot on VHS, but we didn't shoot actually on VHS right. itself. We shot on a tube camera, VHS tube camera, and lined it out digitally. Oh, yeah. So I guess that's actually it's pretty simple to explain. But, but, but is that like bulky equipment? What is that? The whole setup originally was pretty bulky. I mean, definitely compared to like a flip camera, a GoPro, or something like that. Although that could be kind of bulky with all that plastic on there, bro. But um, <laughs> but it's like it, the a kind of a small little. Not small, but yeah, like a shoulder rig type thing, but you could also hold it with your hands. Uh, maybe 15-pound camera, something like that. Okay. Maybe 12-pound camera, something like that. Um, it's Panasonic, and then it, it lined out to a, to an extra VHS capturing device. I forget what they call it exactly, but it's a capturing device that you wear around your neck. Right. And that's kind of what I was like planning on shooting the whole thing, but how to get uh, like battery power to, to that was pretty complicated and then to get battery power to both because like a lot of the batteries just die after the cameras from like 81 83 i think something like that okay. I think 81 because this is when my dad graduated from college oh so you this is wow. this was his no 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 i bought it on craigslist okay. shout out to craigslist and this dude <laughs> shout out to the outer austin area man but anyways so i got it on craigslist and uh it so we, but my dad did very much help out with um it's like a tin pin cable, so mm-hmm. we basically got power into it, found a way to just like power this thing up, the, just the camera part itself, get the video line and the audio line, which we didn't really use the audio line, yeah, um, but we had it anyways. In the vi- but the video line um, to to a laptop, and then we just captured it all so, digital files. You know, I, how did you put this together in your head ahead of time? Like, how did you know? Or, or, or that that would work out? Yeah, or how, <laughs> like, how did you... I mean, in a million years, I could not put a puzzle together like that to make a movie... Oh, that's very ...that kind. looked the way it looked. Well... Clearly, you had... Did you have experience with this, or had you seen something? Um, well, I'd seen probably somewhat subconsciously, but then also probably totally consciously. I mean, I didn't... Because from the moment where I was like, let's do it on videotape, it was like, yeah, this other dude, dude did just do a project on videotape that I really liked, but Andrew Brzezowski, mm-hmm. who actually taught he was a, a, an austin filmmaker and uh independent very well respected independent filmmaker in a contemporary america i guess um 
and he he made a movie called Computer Chess, and I think 2014 maybe black and white. It was shot on one of the first, maybe the first digital camera ever, okay. or like a, yeah, digital camera. So uh, he shot that in his black and white, and uh, went to Sundance and did very well. And he taught a directing class that I was in, at, like my sophomore year of college, and then this was my senior year, so like two years later. Um, but the re but it it came more out of. Um, talking about the house like the grandmother's house we've kind of been talking about that and really getting into like what what does that look like and feel like and all, and all that right and then i i can't believe it hasn't come up yet but shannon cloud also I, we've been acting like it's my movie shannon cloud also uh it's her movie just as much and a, a lot of people's actually everybody who's involved but shout out to shannon for everything that she does it's a, a lot um <laughs> But I I said to her like what what if we just shot on videotape kind of as a joke and mm-hmm. she was like yeah we should do that yeah for sure and I was like no nah, no nah, no nah, come on we can't do that yeah and she was like no we sh- you should do it then we should do it Let's yeah. see what we can do uh, and like on a tube camera particularly because like uh, hoop dreams I think was shot on a tube camera at least that Betamax look and then I saw a video of um, Chuck DiMaggio mm-hmm. is that his name Chuck is it but yeah, that works what, for me. No, yeah. No, was it? Oh, Chuck Mangione. Chuck Mangione. Yeah, yeah, that's the guy. And uh, <laughs> yeah, he he was uh, playing the French horn on whatever the song "I'm So Lucky" or something like that. Is that right. what it's called? "My Life Is Great" or something? It's something like that. It's right. Like, it's great. the only Chuck Mangione song <laughs> yeah, that we so all. I'm watching really a know. live performance of it, and he's got the reflective, you know, French horn, and he's moving it. And whenever he's moving it, it's like these beautiful light trails and stuff. Yeah. So that, and then I'm watching like Michael Jordan highlight videos or something. I was like, sure. man, this is such, this is like the most beautiful way to capture motion picture images yeah. ever. It's like on these tube cameras. And, uh, and then also, yeah, just thinking, thinking about a, that time period in like a grandmother's house and when it would have been in the heyday. And also just how you think of like, uh, those spaces, I guess, and the memory for, of people who, were my age, even though there aren't videos of me on tube cameras, really, it was probably more like early CCD chip mm-hmm. stuff, like v, uh, still VHS cameras, but yeah. like, you know, chip cameras. A lot of uh, public access television, yeah. a lot of uh, that old footage that you mentioned with, you know, Michael Jordan and, and, and you know, Chuck Mangione's French horn. I mean, those, uh, those little streaks of light, those little blurred visuals uh, are are very much a part of... Uh, last night and I think oh. it works you made it work I think it started with an idea you had that Shannon and uh, reinforce and 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 you guys uh, definitely succeeded in uh, in presenting something visually stunning too in a, in a very simplified lo-fi sort of authentic way thank you yeah man thanks yeah because it, it can be hard you know every everybody's the just the phrase visually stunning can like be well it depends on how it's if it's on like a DVD cover for something that looks dope, then it's like, maybe this is good. But sometimes if you just hear like visually stunning, you know, it's like, oh man, I've seen too much of this stuff. That's like really clear. And like yeah. these big, you know, beautiful frames. And it's like, I don't know. It's like, I'm kind of tired of it. And I don't, but yeah. sometimes, I mean, there are people who do it really, really well. Sure. Like, yeah. I, I don't watch like a Terrence Malick film and I'm like, whatever, you know, I'm very yeah. into it. But, but, uh, it, there does seem to be a lot of that. So being able to mess it up a little bit and high, with working like with everybody who's doing everything on this project is learning, you know, we're kind of an amateur or whatever it is, if we're yeah. acting or, or even, you know, the comedy thing, but people who are doing lights on it and so everybody's doing it that, you know, they like that stuff, but they're not great at it. So it's great to, it's good to have a little bit of room, I think maybe yeah. to 
to cover all that stuff up. Sure, yeah. And then also, shout out to my friend Audrey Smith, who posted something on Twitter about the importance of like try, trying to make digital means or di- like digital cinema have some of the same restrictions and limitations as regular film film yeah i guess in the tradition of yeah just in the tradition of filmmaking and and up until the last 20 you know 10 15 20 years on different levels but um that that, you know like i think what they were talking about was putting like a uh a, a very small SD card and like a, in like a video camera and just limiting yourself to only having that much oh, yeah. footage or something like that. Nice like just challenge. different, just different things like that. And like to think of us in a grocery store, you know, with like Kelsey holding the, holding the laptop and like running back. And then like, you know, one of us with the camera, Shannon with yeah. the camera, you know, did they me, let like, you shoot in there by the way? Wheatsville. Yes. Yeah, so yeah, Shannon was works, worked at Wheatsville. Okay. Um, yeah. And so we got the, and also was that your real grandmother? No, no. Oh, okay, no, no, that was an actress. No, no. yes. <laughs> uh, well, you, you obviously have a pretty extensive library of films in your in, in, in your head. You've been watching movies a long while. You mentioned that you <laughs> took a long. film class your sophomore year. Oh yeah, yeah. I took a lot of film courses at at UT because that's what I was studying. But well, when did you sort of begin gravitating towards towards movies and films and and Picking, I mean, and, yeah, no, no yeah. to uh, mention a Terrence Malick film, yeah, that's pretty impressive. Oh, yeah, yeah, I guess so. I, I um, this is all the all the Austin filmmakers I'm talking about. Yeah, uh, is he Malick, an Austin, is he an Austin guy? Richard Malick? Linklater, yeah, yeah, all these guys. Oh, Ter- oh I didn't know that. Yeah, right. but but that's <laughs> it's great. I'm gonna die in Austin probably or this area wherever Terrence Malick is living, like uh, in the hill country. But <laughs> we're recording him next week. Oh, dope, man! I'm in here. It's like, but uh. I I got into m- movies really heavily, I guess, or really started thinking about it. Like I'm I'm trying to watch these movies and learn from them a lot when I was like 17 years old, probably. Okay, so it was a high school thing. It's a high school thing for sure. And I've been making videos and stuff like that. And then that's also whenever I was like, I'm a filmmaker, man. But uh, yeah. But th- that was due to Scott Falk, pretty much, was the main guy who was the audio video. Well, at that time, media tech program director i guess or teacher where at at a&m consolidated high school okay go tigers (laughs) but yeah yeah yeah. but so he was the guy that sort of not push you in that direction but sort of showed you things yeah and gave just gave a space for it really more than anything because it's like a career it was basically like in the back of the school next to like the ffa like a like a tractor and like sausage making and stuff like that right and then there's because it's career in technology i guess so it's like uh they get they get more money to fund those things for every hour kids are in school they get a certain amount of money if it's yeah. career technology it's like twice as much or something so they're putting a lot of money into this stuff and one of the things is basically like you know a room like this got like mixers and uh cameras like xl canon xl2s with the the big camera at the time yeah a dv the, like, i mean you know it's probably there's a lag but aside from all the <laughs> the, the technical and equipment right stuff, right like, yeah, ha- yeah like had you that. been watching movies prior to that with oh, just yeah. a sort of uh like a critical maybe critical i really or... i really liked groundhog day always yeah it's a great movie and yeah it's still man groundhog day is so good it came out the year <laughs> you were born i think i think it did i yeah. guess it held up enough is that yeah 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 shout out to Groundhog Day, Bill Murray, uh, that Sonny and Cher song was is it Harold Ramis that directed that? Is that wrong? Uh, yeah, no, it was Harold. Him? Yeah, Harold Ramis. And then yeah, so good, good on them, man. That that's a great movie, and I love that that 
Yeah, it's good. Very good. Um, just yeah, a great a, idea. A, an inventive take on an old cliche. You know, it's it was what sort was of half rom com, half sci fi. Yeah. But it was, you know, it's it starts with a great idea. You know, what if you had to live the same day over and over until you corrected your mistakes or your flaws? Um, and the great thing, I think, and I, I'm not. I think I've actually heard I've heard the writer talk about this, but you don't know, you know, you don't know how it wasn't because I think he was talking about the studio wanted him to have like a, someone put a curse on Bill Murray or something oh, like that. Right. And he was like, no, 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 you can't. And I think that's what's so great about it. You don't know, you know, it's like, this just starts happening to this guy. Yeah. And I, yeah. And they really relate to that. I enjoy that small. too. Like I don't need everything <laughs> explained. We don't have to, you know, uh, provide an explanation for everything that's happening. Maybe it just exists in this universe. Um, so I watched those. Then I got into like French cinema and all that stuff whenever I was like seventeen, basically. And yeah. Then, and then and and like um, American auteurs and and then French. French. Who were some of the American? Um, who were big for me, I guess, at the time. Uh, let me see. Who's really big? Because now it's it's different, you know. So I think honestly, like I saw Taxi Driver, and then I was like, I, wa- I watched all the Scorsese flicks, which is funny because. Even at the time, I wasn't like, I want to make movies like this guy necessarily. Right. But I was still into it. It's particularly, who's that knocking? Mm-hmm. Well, and ta- Taxi Driver too, because I'd seen like uh, Wes Anderson flicks and stuff like that that sure. like had, had made me definitely realize like, uh, I don't know, that you can make a movie that's more about having a still... I, I don't know. You could have. You could. It, you it, don't. It, it doesn't necessarily have to be a boy meets girl sort of Hollywood yeah, I guess, ending and, type thing. And you can have. It's. It just seemed more. That already seemed a little bit more attainable. Mm-hmm. I guess yeah. to make a movie that's about just people rather than like. Uh, and I guess Groundhog Day had been too. But like a lot of movies at that time too. I think it's the same thing that's happening now. But we're very big. You know, big big movies. Yeah. A lot of things going on. So that was cool. And and yeah. So. Who was the dude I was talking about that I saw after that? Oh, Scorsese. Yeah, Taxi Driver to me, just like it, all the dolly shots and stuff, everything just seemed like I could actually do this maybe. Like I, yeah. you could make a movie like this. I could really see. I just understood how everything was done, I think, for the first time. Right. Like, I didn't have any questions about how was this made. Yeah. I understood how everything was Were done. Were you like inviting your friends over like, hey, we're going to watch Mean Streets. Not and everyone's like, what the fuck is this? Uh, like, no, no. Well, we would talk about them at school. Okay. So I had some friends at school who were also in the program who would come back and talk about it and we'd be like, have you, at that time it was ordering the DVD from Netflix. So it's mm-hmm. like, have you gotten this one, gotten that one, whatever. But no, whenever I saw Who's That Knocking, that was the that was the one where it's like, man, I could make this movie tomorrow, you know? Yeah. And that was, that was, that was, that was a pretty good feeling. You might be able to, you just, uh, you know, you got to, oh, it would be very hard to, <laughs> to do that now. I mean, I still knew that at the time, but it, it, but it still feels like you could, Yeah. you know, a lot of things you'd have to get lucky or, or you'd have to run into a lot of talented people, but you could still do it. I don't know. Cause you just feel, you just feel it like this is just a guy really trying to, trying to do something right. and getting halfway there. And that's like so much more what I want did to see at the time right and you mentioned two filmmakers one from the 70s scorsese and one from the 90s wes anderson who i think were very groundbreaking and were around during an era where those risks were being taken um but you also also mentioned that things are a little different today um do you think there's a class of filmmakers or directors uh like there were in previous decades that kind of speak to the sensibilities of of today or or is that gone well i oh there definitely are but i i don't know exactly exactly what the wave is right now i know that there's a lot of talk about this dude isaiah medina so shout out to him i think that's the dude's name who's uh doing his thing from vancouver i watched a little, some of that dude stuff and it's popping off so that's and it seems to be related to 
this generation. I'm trying to do that for sure. Me and Shannon trying to lead the force on that. But I, <laughs> but also, and this is a dude who I got into in high school too. But Joe Swanberg, yeah, who I, I yeah, I think he has. I think that's the the uh, beer, the beer buddies, right? Or yeah, what was drinking, buddies, drinking was, buddies was like the big one. But he did a lot of stuff before that like he probably made i think like maybe 15 16 films before oh, that okay. and shout out to graham man great because graham put me onto a lot of this stuff too so one one guy and yep. also i mentioned audrey already but jd mcgraw all these people coming in basically just i was very lucky i was in like a small space yeah. where it was a very kind of you, you it, see, it, it wasn't really a place where a lot of people were into that kind of stuff right maybe but there were or even into like art that much in general and the way they were was just different, but there were like four or five people, maybe, mm-hmm. who were really in this back, back, back room, yeah. who who like were just like, this is really what we care about and like what we're yeah. going to talk about. So shout out to them because I you guys that, shared in a curiosity mm-hmm. about what was out there beyond maybe say Spider Man Two, yeah, and or just, beyond Blair Witch or something, you know. Mm-hmm. And I guess so. I, I I wouldn't really even watch in those movies, but also just beyond like. I, 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 I guess I couldn't really paint or do anything like that. I couldn't really paint or sing or anything like that. And yeah. so then to just find out, like, you can really actually be a full-on artist doing this. Like, you, you don't have to just make, like, no offense, but, like, I knew about, like, indie, I knew about, like, Little Miss Sunshine and stuff, mm-hmm. but it still didn't really feel... But then whenever I started seeing, like, Godard and stuff, it was like, yeah. oh, okay, yeah, you could really use this, like, you could use moving images to a- actually be an artist. This is wild to me. Does Do you, do you think that... That indie, that the, the indie stuff and 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 sort of the auteurs. Am I pronouncing that right? <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, do you think, I think do, you, so. <laughs> do you think they still have a an edge today? Like you know, I feel sometimes that I'm a little out of the loop mm-hmm. um, because I don't feel like you know in the '90s, uh, as I had mentioned previously, you had the Coens and you right, had, right. You had these young you had Tarantino. Up, yeah, right. you had people who were rising up through this 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 very rebellious system that took mainstream Hollywood head on. I mean, they, they just basically said, fuck you. This, yeah. we're, there's going to be a lot of blood. We're going to, we're going to do a Miramax, lot of Miramax indie wood type thing. They yeah, said, yeah. Miramax and, uh, and, uh, you know, what was a uh, new line? I think was mm-hmm. still sort of considered indie. I right. mean, but is there something comparable I, today? I mean, well, cause yeah, I think the whole change was like, it, that pretty much got sucked up pretty quick, you know, or like it consumed into the system, like very, very quickly and maybe it already was kind of a part of that but there were still movies coming out that yeah that i think now and uh, a lot of people know this but there are pretty much movies coming out that cost like a couple hundred thousand dollars mm-hmm. and then movies that are coming out that cost like a Billion, bunch of yeah. millions of dollars yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I, that's how it seems to me and there are a few people who are still in the pocket who are like i can make a movie for 12 million dollars like sure. woody allen or Martin Scorsese or so I mean he might have more than that but like but they seem to kind of or Terrence Malick people mm-hmm. who like really proved it in like the 70s 80s sure you know something like that and and now they're still able to to rock there but I think it, yeah. if you're coming up now like you have to make a movie for pretty damn cheap and you really yeah they because everybody says like, there's no excuse not to you know anybody can do it you just do it so I mean, well, yeah, it's just I'm like there, there, there doesn't seem to be a middle ground anymore you know like i you know in my more condescending days i used to say there are no more movies for adults and mm. what i was really driving at was that you know you got 15 bucks in your pocket you're either going to go see the avengers or you're going to go see the lobster you know and right. there's nothing that falls in between maybe something like spotlight or birdman or something like that mm-hmm. But it seems like, you know, nobody wants to take the time to sort of 
tap into movies like that anymore. And I think that's what I lament more than anything. Well, it's interesting you said Breakfast Club because when talking about this flick, I didn't really, I mean, Breakfast Club is cool. I I didn't really listen or watch it that much like in preparation for the flick or think about it really. Mm -hmm. But uh, The Big Chill was like a a really big one. Oh, yeah. Yeah, for for me in thinking about this because, you know, in a house, this many people and they're, well, the, the feeling of like, just them taking over a house. I don't know that. Yeah. Young people dancing, hanging out and having fun in, in like a house that looks like that too. Cause the house was like beautiful. I think of that movie. Yeah. Um, and, and a lot of movies from that time, like movie uh, houses in the, in the eighties and films, I think it, it might have something to do with the film stock, but then also just obviously like art direction, production design. Whoa. It was <laughs> yeah off the chain. So, uh, that I, I think there were a lot of movies in, in, with, you know, people like Altman. And then we talked about, broadcast news which might have been 70 you know 79 79 80, like that. Yeah. but but that era 80s especially mm-hmm. i think like was was a great time for films that you're talking about that sure were, it seemed like they were which it was probably right whenever you were coming yeah. up watching them i mean I was maybe a kid, but maybe yeah. but you were watching those later i don't know but those feel like they really were yeah for well just about they're just about people you know and about yeah relationships between people but not not too much and they can go you know a little light, but then they can yeah. also have like a very serious scene. Well, and I, you know, I it, like it, the big chill speaks to the dynamic each character had with each other. Mm-hmm. Um, and much. I think a lot of that is missing now. It's almost like the only way someone can be with someone else is if they're either falling in love or if they have a superpower that, right. another, you know, I don't mean to rag on comic book movies so much. It's just right. that I feel like they are what dri- is what driving box, the box office these days. Mm-hmm. And that's what people get most excited about. Um, and yeah, those movies that came out in the 80s, they, they were about people, you know? You watch something like Ordinary People. I don't know if you've ever seen no, that. No, I haven't. I will. Yeah, it's it's, a, it's, a, like it's it. a very deep, profound movie that examines a dysfunctional family. And um, this, you know, this therapist or this psychologist is introduced and he sort of grounds one of the characters. And as a result, the relationship that that grounded character has uh, with the rest of his family is now impacted in a very major way. Mm-hmm. And... Yeah. Those are stories that I don't see being made anymore. And maybe television is where those stories are. But I'd like to see it in two hours right. instead yeah, of instead nine of, episodes. Mm-hmm, right, for sure. I think that's a lot of the stuff that I saw for the first time. It's funny. I didn't get into like, it's, it's so much to do with the canon, I guess. But I didn't really get into like the films of the 1980s. I, I didn't even watch like, I, I said Altman already, but I didn't mm-hmm. really. I, and Altman, I mean, people were talking about him, but like, just not the same way, I guess, at the time. It didn't feel like I didn't really know about all that stuff. I really did see it in Romare and people. I don't know mm-hmm. if you watch any films by Eric Romare. No. French filmmaker, but like definitely making movies. And some of them, you know, a lot of those can be very much about romance and stuff like that too. But really seeing like realistic and complex character dynamics like play out over just su- subtly play out over right. the course of like an hour and a half yeah on a beautiful backdrop is like that's really what Romero does it's like yeah it's so nice it's so nice because it's it feels like, like it's moving at your pace you yeah know? like i don't i don't need things to be sad or depressing but complicated i think mm. is entertaining to me you know because, certainly because yeah. people are complicated are so complicated and also yeah. that's where like the funniest stuff is too because I, I i work as a lifeguard you know i don't know if you knew this but, no i didn't but it's fascinating it, we should have another episode <laughs> yeah we can talk about it for the rest of this one if you want but we uh, <laughs> I, I i like look at folks a lot you know it's my job is to watch people so you just see like just folks be behaving you know mm-hmm. their own doing their own thing 
is always the funniest thing because everybody's dealing with something, you know, sure, always absolutely. like in every moment they're being caught off guard by something or like managing a problem, especially when you have kids, you know, absolutely. A lot yeah. of people with kids. So, well, then it's no longer <laughs> about your problems. It's about your kids right. problems. Yeah. Cause that is your problem. And yeah, it's, <laughs> it's, it's pretty wild just to, to see that stuff. And you don't, a lot of movies, like it's hard too. It's, so hard you know i think cassavetti said something about like it isn't it the craziest thing that like everything you you realize everything that you're looking at is a movie Mm -hmm. and is a great movie but by the time it gets on the screen no it's not worth watching you know oh interesting by the time you get it up there you know it's like who gives a shit but is that a contextual thing because you're watching it on a screen or i think it might be more about just the complexities of like translating something through a visual medium but not not even that because you could just put a the thing is you could probably put a camera up in the right place mm-hmm. to watch folks and sure. and it could be super it could actually be super interesting yeah I think and Warhol it, was doing that right I mean he was, he was but doing anyway like that. yeah yeah that's the thing too like it's, yeah it's, it's well I think a lot of times people <laughs> you know they they watch movies because they may want to escape and even if they want to watch the more serious ones like we were mentioning earlier. I think there's this sort of uh, desire to want to connect with mm-hmm. characters. And if you're being shown the ugly side of characters and the complicated sides of people, you might recoil sometimes. I mean, Yeah, that's, I, that's what people may think. But yeah. I don't think that's true. And I, and I don't even necessarily mean showing the ugly side of folks. I just mean showing the particular sides of folks. Because uh, people do such strange things is basically what I was trying to get at. Mm-hmm. I, I, I got lost. But basically, yeah, the, people do such strange things. Why can't you put those things in the movie i think somebody i think it might have been andrew clarkson was talking to me about watching kicking and screaming the noah baumbach film great movie and that there's the, the guy the way he picks up the ashtrays or something like that mm-hmm. or he flips the ashtrays at the end of the night he was like i don't remember anything about that movie but i've been thinking about that so much yeah just the way he does that something like that just the, if you th- if you just key into like how people act or the peculiar things that they do i think that's makes i think that's like cinema so such an actually good medium for capturing those things yeah because very, I mean, in a painting, you could do it maybe if you're a really good painter. Cause sure. You could, but body language, you can tell a lot. But but yeah, little 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 things like that, like flipping the ashtray mm-hmm. or, or whatever or, it is. Yeah, or just the way somebody twirls their hair or chews on the the the, the ear of their glasses. It mm-hmm. lends credence to the character, which which plays into the story being told. Do you, do you agree or yeah I, I think so yeah. and I, I think it's just interesting to watch people do that stuff but it definitely plays into the story because then you, you care about the person because you see that they're an individual hopefully a- absolutely yeah I completely agree with that um, so I think some of the, the things I have written down here some of the things I wanted to ask you are uh, when you personally are making something what is it that you're trying to accomplish well, I would also say because I know I sounded just maybe a little bit preachy on the last <laughs> the whole air, the place that we were, no, not but at all. so if you make a movie, that's great. If you're able to just get a movie made, that's amazing. Seriously, I think it's great. Like it's a great accomplishment, and it's very hard, especially after you've been working on something, to watch anything sure. and and then say like, oh, you guys should have you know developed your characters more or anything like that because it's so wild and difficult and uh it's an amazing feat just to just to make something but what was the sort of reason to do it or or what what drives you what are you inspired to accomplish aside from just expressing yourself that's a lot of it first of it well or uh, not expressing myself but just like um it feels it feels kind of like I'll go. I just get. I just get stir crazy. You yeah. Know? I think. Well, because I started doing it whenever I was seventeen. I think mm-hmm. sixteen, seventeen. Like 
thinking this is a 17 whatever i was like this is a movie i gotta see this movie out i gotta make this film whatever and then after that i pretty much started another one and started another one and i've just kind of kept going pretty much and just the way to put your energy into something there have been times where it's like i think probably my freshman year of college i was still making stuff but it still felt like there's like a year between like i was i was not quite working on like a real project that i was like totally just buying for myself um, not just for myself but i mean not for school or anything like that like right. just really doing it uh because i really want to will it into existence and yeah man i just get i really do get like i gotta i gotta make some damn thing and then yeah. where from that usually it's separate you know whatever makes me really care about that that project but a lot of it after i get after there are folks who are like are working on it and stuff mm-hmm. then it's like well i have to finish this thing because yeah. i really do have an obligation not only to myself but to everyone who's put any time into this like what's well, a team yeah I, it, maybe maybe it'll come out and they'll be like oh, this is stupid you know this isn't even good is, but i feel like let them see something is yeah. there something you're working on right now or are mm. you scripting anything yeah well I'm, we're shooting something right now it's very very silly okay it's a, I like uh, silly. it's a second person choose your own adventure excellent uh live action uh, like experience that will be coming soon to the internet well, i'm looking forward to that well not hopefully it will be coming but maybe like uh September. Somewhere. And and do you you have your sights set on being a filmmaker? Yeah, man, I want to do it. I love doing that stuff. You want to leave Austin, or do you think you're going to no, stick around? No, I, well, I love Austin. I love Texas in general. I need to move around a bit. Probably you're from here originally. I take I'm right? not from Austin. I'm from College Station. Okay, all right. Um, but so I should go. I'm going to go and see things. My dad lived in Germany for a bit, working whenever he was young. So I think I got to do at least something like that. But yeah. then I also want to. I also want to. But I don't want to go to Germany. I don't think. I mean, who knows? But but <laughs> I've never really been that interested in Germany per se. But um, yeah, yeah, I want to. I want to travel over there because it's it's wild to travel and and see things. Um, but but I do feel a lot of pride for Texas, and I also love Texas. I'm inspired by Texas. Sure. A lot, like well, I a think lot. your your restless creative energy is going to take you to to some interesting <laughs> places for sure. Um, where ultimately do you think you're going to end up? What do you what do you what do you think is going to happen, or or can you oh, foresee? Man. 10 who to 15 knows? Years? You know, yeah. who knows? And everything has changed so so much. Like, yeah. You never know what the lane is going to be that you want to skirt. You know, get right. in there. That's the way to go. But like, I'm I, I have plenty of time, man. I've got plenty of time and plenty of time for my for my spirit to be broken, you know. So <laughs> that's what I think when I come on a podcast as a millennial, you know. But no, I, I, I just I have I have a lot. I'm very excited for the future. I'm very excited for the things that are going on. And and I, I even to just talk about. I hope I don't sound like too any. Uh, obviously, you know, I'm on this podcast, but I hope that I don't sound you know like I'm angry at all about the filmmaking thing or that I'm being like because because really at the end of the day, like I just love any moving images all that stuff i mean hopefully it's like good you know don't watch that video this dude was talking about or whatever but like yeah it's it's (laughs) just beautiful stuff man and like there's so much there's so much capacity to to really say something and change change some stuff and and help folks and and speak to them and connect with them so i I feel like and same with stand-up like yeah we didn't talk about stand-up too much but that's how we know well not too much but you know but i like I think there's so so much room to do stuff and like it just in my life so I'm very excited I know that I, I've got a lot of space to get better so. well mm. Ken I, I gotta tell you I'm, I'm excited to see you know what comes next and what you involve yourself with and I think you've got a very bright future and I, I think you've got the sort of spirit that 
possibly cannot be broken. I think, <laughs> I think you've embraced the unknown, which is something a lot of people struggle to do. Uh, like we mentioned at the top of this podcast, you have a very honed vision and, and way of approaching things, which is very admirable. Thank you. And uh, again, not video. to uh, blow too much uh, smoke up your ass here, but uh, you're, you know, you're a very intelligent and creative individual, and uh, I look forward to that, that next movie that you bring. That God you bless do. you, man. Thank you for having me. Yeah, thank you for being on the podcast. Uh, Kent, Don look, and Ethan. Uh, look up. <laughs> it's on YouTube. You don't have a, your own website, do you? We do, yeah. Julefandcloud.com. You can check it out. We've got... Shannon's killing it on the website. The website's really actually cool. If you if that's your thing, if you like checking out websites on a web browser, you know, yeah. or on a cell phone, it's on both of those. <laughs> things, yeah. uh, but if you wanna if you wanna see the film last night right away, it is on YouTube. Uh, it's an excellent short film that I really enjoyed. So thank you. Uh, thanks again for doing this podcast. Yeah, absolutely, man. Thank you for having me come out here. It's really great to be able to do it. Absolutely. <laughs> and we will uh, we'll see you next week. Thank you, uh, Ethan and Donna, super producers uh, ooh, in ooh, attendance ooh. as always. How you guys feel? You guys feel good? I feel great. That was great. I have great some talk. film recommendations for you. Fantastic. Yeah. I look forward to it. All right. We'll see you next week. Yeah.